And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner with the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. You can learn more about us and subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter by going to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Or call 312-726-1243. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on our show. Or visit our website to view the entire podcast library of previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews. What are Christian leaders and influencers around the world doing to preserve biblical justice and impact their communities around the world? That's a pretty big question. And today we are speaking with Bob Trierweiler, the Director of Faith and Law Around the Globe, or FLAG as it's known, an international initiative designed to mobilize lawyers around the world to be effective witnesses for Christ. Additionally, uh, Bob serves as a senior legal counsel and director of legal ministries uh, in the general counsel's office for Crew, also known as Campus Crusade for Christ internationally. Bob, known you a long time. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rich. Uh, we should do a caveat for the listeners. I'm personally involved with your ministry and have been contributing for many years. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing and and uh, often a little intimidated by the, the impact that this has. Let's get a little bit into this. Um, tell us about FLAG and what you're doing with regard to FLAG. Well, FLAG is a, is a worldwide movement of Christian law, legal professionals, uh, and we're working with them to integrate their faith in their life uh, in their work so that they've got all three pieces working together. They're not, the faith isn't in the abstract. What we do is we provide resources and events to help equip lawyers and judges and law students, um, law faculty, to make meaningful differences among their colleagues throughout their communities, wherever they are around the world. Uh, Bob, your background, uh, you were once upon a time a corporate lawyer, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. And uh, I think you represented uh, Indiana Coal Companies and other uh, other. Um, uh, corporations and things like that. Is that true? That's true. Large Indiana-based uh, coal company, yes. And how on earth did you move from um, representing corporate clients in the marketplace to what you're doing now? Well, it's my daughter's fault. Uh, <laughs> in my young years, I was pretty self-sufficient as an attorney. I thought that I had everything figured out, and uh, so I was on my own path that was going to bring me glory and make me a lot of money, uh, which I thought was a good thing at the time. And I was pretty convinced I was going to do it all through my own strength. Uh, then my daughter came along, and she was born uh, the first three weeks of her life. She was in the pediatric intensive care unit for uh, two of those weeks. And I realized that I wasn't God. I couldn't control the situation, and I needed to be in touch with the person that was. And so that was the thing that really got me started towards a, a faith in, in, the, in the Lord and a personal relationship. What that led to then was God promising that someday 
I would be using my legal skills more directly for the kingdom. I had no idea what that meant, but uh, that and, that was the start. Well, let me ask you that. Um, did he tell you that, or how did you know that? Well, it wasn't it wasn't an audible thing, Rich. It was, but it was very clear. I mean, it was very clear in, in my heart that that was that's what he was saying. Uh, that you know, I needed to rely upon him, and that that would come about. Now, the caveat there is it took 19 years before that came about. Uh, where I was well, how long was work. it? How long was it for Moses? <laughs> it was a little long. Yeah, not quite years. as long as Moses, but I was up there. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, you say that, and and there, it, it uh, really excites me because I think for all of us. God has a calling, and sometimes where we are and where he calls us to be, there seems to be this huge gap that only he can bring about. And it's all in his time, and that's the thing. You know, we've got our own ideas as to when things should happen, but that's not God's plan frequently. Well, I got a little bit off track there, just really wondering how on earth you got into this worldwide movement to encourage lawyers um, to use the gifts they've been given um, to proclaim the kingdom. So uh, this thing's been going, I think, for, since about 2007. What are you seeing as, as fruit of it right now? The, the things that are going on is that the lawyers, it's designed to be a lawyer-led movement. You know, that our purpose is not to go around the world doing things. It's to help people in, around the world do things among their own communities. So what's happening is that the number of communities of legal professionals around the world that are actively involved in trying to uh, to bring flag principles to their community is, is constantly growing. We started out in uh, 2008 was our first global conference, and we had people from about uh, 16 different countries. Uh, we're getting ready for our, our fourth global conference coming up in Orlando, uh, April 4th through the 8th of this year, and we're expecting to have around 250 to 300 people. So that, wow, that gives you amazing. some sort of an idea. But, but that's does. just on the, on the global level. The, the more important thing is that we now have people that are actively working in their own countries in, in the DRC, Cameroon, Gabon, India, Sri Lanka, uh, South Africa, uh, the Middle East, a big movement there, Uganda, Kenya, um, Hong Kong. You know, so it's, it's, it's expanding to most parts of the world. And that's the exciting uh, part. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today we're speaking with Bob Trierweiler, Director of Faith and Law Around the Globe, about the impact of Christian lawyers and what they can do within their own communities. So you've just named all of these uh, places uh, where lawyers are coming from and, and developing. So if we, let's, say let's take India, for instance. So I'm an Indian lawyer, and I've uh, come to a flag conference. What's, what's the result of that? What happens? Well, there's a couple of things that happen. Um, we work with what's called a, a leader-led movements, or what's now Leader Impact, which is a campus crusade ministry in India, so that we will come in, and like we did there, and then do a conference, but then we connect them with the people locally who can help give them the resources they need you know, that are culturally appropriate in India, and to help them begin, ideally, leading their own movement, where it's it's entirely them leading the movement. And that's what's happened, for example, in, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, they run their own program, totally. Well, well, when you say that, so I think in the United States, for instance, you and I were both part of the board of directors for Christian Legal Society. 
Is this developing lawyer networks within countries uh, where they begin to um, come together, disciple each other, and then work together for uh, various things going on in their countries? Yes, that's the ideal thing. And, and uh, what are you seeing by way of success in this? Okay, going back to the, to the Democratic Republic of Congo again, uh, they started out, we started out in the second largest city there and did a program in 2014. The people from the capital city said, well, you need to come down here to the capital city if you're going to do these programs. Uh, and so uh, they asked us there the next year in, 2000, uh, in 2015. Since that time, they have taken the program on their own, and they are now in four different provinces within the DRC. They're running their own program of getting the lawyers together on a regular basis for, for prayer, for discussions, for um, general encouragement of each other, to where they now have uh, somewhere up of, uh, above 200 lawyers involved in DRC in at least four different provinces. Well, you know, as I hear that, we might think, well, 200 lawyers in the United States, that's not a lot of lawyers. In Congo, that is a lot of lawyers. It's a very different culture there. So, and, and as I understand it, it's not just lawyers that get involved. Judges are involved, and others who have uh, legal background get involved in these as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what's going on. And they, the, each country is free to modify the content uh, as to how they deliver the messages to where it's in their own language, uh, which is the beauty of having them do it rather than us, because we can come in and fumble through a lot of stuff that could cause an international incident and not even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> I have been close to doing that myself, so I understand that. So uh, let's take the Congo and 200 lawyers getting together. What kind of changes in society do you think that'll bring about? Or, or are you hoping will it will bring about? Well, typically what happens is because one of our main functions is to help people become more intimate with God and to learn how to practice law and the power of the Holy Spirit. What we see happening in a country like Congo is they hear that message and they, they see on the one hand, they say, gosh, you know, 83% of us here in the Congo are Christians. But then they realize, but we're not acting like Christians. You know, we're doing some other plan that's on our own plan that was not sharing the gospel. It's not Christ-centered. So they begin to change as they see that and try to make sure that they are um, they're integrating their faith into their law and it's reflected as how they do their legal work. Well, that that would involve probably the number one issue in many, many countries, and frankly, even in the United States, of corruption. Corruption is a very large issue, um, and it would seem to me that practicing law by the Holy Spirit would really have an effect on somebody's um, ability to continue in corrupt um, uh, practice of law. Would, would you agree with that? That's exactly right. One of the things we have seen in the uh, in the DRC, in the two first two programs that we did, in each of those programs, we saw 20% of those there that made a commitment to begin practicing law the way Jesus would want them to. Coming up, we will talk further with Bob Trierweiler, Director of Faith and Law Around the Globe, about what areas of the law can be improved through the influence of Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Malkin Baker is nationally known for representing churches and religious institutions and is providing you with a free resource to help your church stay protected under the law. This church legal checklist is designed to help your church identify and assess general risks under Illinois law and is revised yearly to keep your church up to date. Go to malkbaker.com slash church legal to download your free copy of this easy to fill out 21 section resource that your church can review at monthly board meetings. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Bob Trierweiler of Faith and Law Around the Globe, an initiative with a mission to initiate change among influencers in legal communities internationally. Uh, you and I are both lawyers, uh, Bob, and, and you know that sometimes lawyers have the same uh, reputation a little above or sometimes below used car salesmen. So... <laughs> Uh, and we were we ended before the break talking about um, corruption and which is so prevalent in everywhere actually and 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 flags influence on lawyers. You talked about lawyers operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tell us more about that that I think that sounds like an oxymoron to so many people that lawyers would would do that. What does that look like? What it looks like. Is to to say before you take an action, you know, is 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 this what Jesus would want me to do? So it's it's that temporary pause, waiting to rely upon the Spirit rather than our own self. You know, a lot of times we think we're pretty good and we're pretty wise and we're pretty a lot of stuff that we really aren't. So it's it's giving the Holy Spirit that opportunity to speak into that decision, whatever it might be. Uh, for me personally, I think one of the the most important things has been to. Uh, use Galatians 5, uh, verses 22 and 23 uh, as kind of a guideline, because it says, but first, the, the the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. And, and for me, that that is the... That's the checklist of what we should be doing. It's it's And it's not multiple fruits, it's one fruit. So unless we're doing all those things and practicing those on a daily basis, we're really not where we should be with the Holy Spirit. So I use that as a checklist when I'm going through the day and, and saying, hmm, did I show any gentleness today, or was I pretty rude to somebody, or, you know, um, those sorts of things. You know, I'm, I'm very intrigued uh, and convicted by the thought of pausing and praying before taking action. Um, you're right, as an attorney... Um, oftentimes I don't do that, and I'm uh, realizing more and more, just as you talked about at the beginning of the show, I'm not in control, really. I, I think I am, and and I act like I am, but in reality, there's so much more that I can't control, and, and this deep, deep need to hear what God's doing, and then get behind Him and do it. So... So how do you see that working out with, with um, these lawyers? Uh, you mentioned Hong Kong, you mentioned India, you mentioned uh, the Congo. How do you see that working out in these different cultures, and, and what does it look like for them? Well, the most important thing is that they realize that, that being a Christian is a seven-day-a-week thing. In Africa in particular, uh, I've asked some of the, the pastors, I said, <clears throat> if you could ask me to convey one message to your lawyers who are here at one of these programs, what would it be? 
and, and they invariably say that that they are on God's work 24/7. That they, they it's not just a Sunday thing. A lot of times we end up compartmentalizing and saying, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to be really good on Sunday, but the other six days I can be a hellion. And so the the realization when they realize that no, it's not, uh, it's not a one day thing. It's transforming. They see, like, like, gosh, I can't act that way the rest of the time. And you can almost see the light bulbs going on when you talk about that, and they realize, no, I've got to be Christ's representative at all times, every day of the week. So how does this flag mission tie into the proclamation of the gospel around the world and Crew's mission to do that? Well, one of the things that's that's one of our staples, other than you know, intimacy with God, practicing law and the power of the Holy Spirit, integrating faith and law. The the fourth one is learning how to tell your story of how you began a personal relationship with Christ and tell it in a winsome manner that people will be able to, to get a glimpse of what the gospel looks like, at least in your life, and to see the possibility that this will be something they might want to have. So that's part of our training is that people will be trained in that so when they go back home, you know, they can have that gospel conversation easily. You, you know, you say that, and I had this picture of a large um, freight truck, and it says on the back of it, how am I driving? And it has a phone number for it. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, when we begin to give our testimony, and we begin to talk about Jesus, it's almost like that little sticker on the back saying, how am I driving? And And all of a sudden now... Uh, it becomes very real that we ha- we have this responsibility to um, live a life that proclaims Christ, and and right. teaching us to do that is really really a very significant thing. Um, what kind of uh, pushback are you getting in these countries uh, with regard to your ministry? We don't see much of that because when we're going into a country, what we're trying to do is to locate the believers within the country, within the system, um, and train them to, to reach out to those non-believers in their country. So we don't get a lot of that pushback. Um, we get questions, you know, like, can I really do this? <laughs> but not much pushback. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the firm of Malkin Baker, and we're speaking with Bob Trierweiler, International Director of Faith and Law Around the Globe, or the acronym FLAG. I'm almost surprised to hear that when you say there's no pushback. I think of places like India where there's a great movement um, to nationalize the country and to nationalize the religion there, particularly Hinduism. I think of places like Hong Kong uh, as the um, communist government there becomes more and more um, forceful in its... Uh, implementation of, of uh, mainland China's policies. Um, I think of a place like Congo where there's a great deal of uh, turmoil going on right now. And, and so how, do, how does that work out in, in the ministry that you have with these lawyers? Well, I should, I should uh, perhaps clarify when I said we don't get pushback. In doing our programs, we don't. Now, when the lawyers in those countries start implementing these ideas, yes. You're exactly right. In all those countries, there is the pushback, everything from the the aspects of of religious freedom uh, issues to the corruption issues to, you know, all the people are saying we've always done it this way and you're going to upset the apple cart if you do it any other way. So from their perspective, yes, there is pushback. 
But what we're giving them is, is the encouragement and the strength. Uh, we worked with a bunch of Middle Eastern lawyers, for example, and these folks are very bold about sharing their faith, but they get discouraged because all they get is pushback. And so part of the function of FLAG as a, as a global community is to let them know that there are people that care about them, that, that believe as they believe, and want to support their efforts. So that becomes critical in what we do. You know, you say, you're you talking about uh, targeting lawyers in this particular ministry and training and, and encouraging them. But the principles you're talking about here really apply to everybody from, from what I can think. We all are on 24-7. We're all called to share the gospel and, and be light for Jesus Christ. We all face issues of pushback, whether it be corruption or intimidation or rejection or all of those kinds of things. So this is this is really a very broad thing. You've applied it to the lawyers, but it, it seems to me that this uh, applies across the board to Christians everywhere. That's true, Rich. And the reason we focus on lawyers is because um, I am one, and, and our program is geared yes. towards lawyers. Because lawyers can reach other lawyers in a way that nobody else can. You know. Okay, it, you make that statement. Why do you say that? Now, Help, help me out with that statement. Because if your pastor comes to you and says, you know, you ought to be doing such and such, or, or have you thought about such and such, or can you make this change in your spiritual life? You know, the, the typical response from the lawyer is you have no idea what it's like to be a lawyer. You have no idea of the stress. You have no idea of all the things that are going on that cause all sorts of issues for me. And, and they can say that to their pastor. They can't say that to me. Because I say, yes, I do. <laughs> Maybe not your specific issues, but I know generically all the things that go on for lawyers. So it, it creates a level of, of, um, of transparency between uh, those of us who are working in the flag area and those that are working in, in the individual countries. Because they know we've been there and we've done that. You know, you say that, and, and uh, my partner... Uh, John Malk has always uh, maintained that lawyers have a special um, place in society because they are influencers, and that discipling them is a very important thing um, because of their influence. And, and you've used the word influencers. Is that part of your ministry as well? Yes, because we realize that, that lawyers are active in their personal lives, in their family, they're active in the workplace. They're active in the community, and they're active in the world. So they've got platforms in each one of these communities where they can have an impact on what's going on. Thanks for speaking with us today. The ministry that you're doing is really significant. How can people find out more about FLAG, and how can they get involved in what you're doing? Well, the best thing is look at our website, which is flagglobal, one word, dot org. That's an excellent place to get uh, acquainted. Um, it has on that website, it has the ways that you can give to the ministry if it's something you're getting excited about. It has uh, things, for example, the, the registration for our upcoming conference in Orlando, which is the, the first thing we've ever done in the United States. And it will be a global conference. It will be very exciting. But that's something you can find through the website is the ability to register for that. And how about if somebody wanted to personally uh, support you in this work? How would they do that? If they wanted to do that, uh, the best thing for them to do would be to get in touch with me. Um, I can be reached at phone by phone at 407-826-2019. 
And from there, I can help set everything up to, to make that a possibility. Thanks, Bob. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.